Conservatives Podcast, episode 155. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the infamous Gabriel Montalvo and our very special guest, entrepreneur and political activist, Linda Catalina, a.k.a. Mad Florida Woman. Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. It's, right, guys, uh, just, oh, sorry, just a reminder to visit our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com for links to all of our articles, shows, merch, all the proceeds of which go back into fighting leftist oppression here in New York. So, Linda, I reached out to you after seeing your posts about the RNC. So for those of us who couldn't be there, um, give the folks at home kind of an idea of what that experience was like and kind of being there and being in the presence of this, what looked like an amazing event. Yeah. Awesome. So I was surprised as well. First of all, I was surprised to even see my video because um, when I shot the RNC video, they didn't tell us what it was for. It was a special project, which I thought, you know, I'm like, maybe it's a commercial or something like that. Um, but, you know, we, we shot a couple of scenes and whatnot, and it was not scripted at all. It was my story when I was a Democrat and how I transitioned into being a Trump supporter, which I think it's amazing because we know that a lot of these political ads are scripted. We know that they want people to say something that it's going to fit their agenda. And it's not like that at all. It was like so organic and real and genuine. And so we shot that in July or August. I want to say August um, or no, sorry, late July. And, um, I'm sitting at my Cabo shop. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's tea, whatever, this herbal tea. And I get all these text messages. I'm not watching the RNC. I had seen the first night, so the second night, and like I get all these text messages and I'm like, open up my phone and they're like, dude, you didn't tell us you were doing the RNC. Like we see you on this video. I'm like, I didn't know I was doing the RNC either. Like I had no idea. Uh, and so my friend sends me like a screenshot and, and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm so hyped. And so the next day, which is Wednesday, I get a, an email from um, the GOP people, like the convention. And they're like, hey, when if you can please call us as soon as possible. Um, we really want to talk to you. So I was like, okay, this is weird. Like I didn't, you know, I had been told from the Trump team a few weeks prior, like two weeks before, they said if I was interested in going to see the president or if I was interested of, of going to the RNC and I said, sure, but then they never got back to me and they canceled the whole thing or like they canceled the program that I was supposed to be part of, they said. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then Wednesday I get that email and I call them back. I'm like, hey, this is Linda. It's like 12.30 p.m. Miami time. Hey, and they're like, hey, you know, this is blah, blah, blah from, you know, the, the Trump people, blah, and you know, would you be able to come tomorrow and see the president speak? And I was like, what? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, tomorrow? And they're like, I'm like, yeah, we, you know, you're one of our, you're one of the president's special guests and we'd love to have you here. And I was like, this is like a sick joke or something, you know? Um, and then I said, okay, look, if this is for real, because I was already told by the Trump team that, you know, we were going to be invited and then that fell through. So if this is for real, you know, I have less than 24 hours to get to DC. You got to tell me now, cause I have to go get an outfit and I got to like, you know, make sure that everything's taken care of here at home. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's a hundred percent for sure. Uh, we'll buy your flight, you know, by 2 30 PM. And I was like, okay. 
So by 2.30, they called me back and they're like, you know, we bought the, f- the flight uh, via phone. Uh, they were just asking for my information, their birth, blah, blah, blah. And then I left my house immediately and I went to buy a dress. Um, but anyways, uh, from the moment that we got there, it was so special because the president, what he wanted to do, and if you notice, was that he was highlighting Americans. He wasn't hi- highlighting Hollywood elitists or, you know, LeBron James or basketball players, the NBA, NFL actors, like those people are not real, like they're real people, but they're not, you know, facing our struggles every single day. Like there's right, stuff. Op- them, right. Know? That's opposite of what the DNC was doing. Uh, right. You know, what we saw just a whole bunch of uh, pandering to Hollywood and to the elite class, if, if you will. Right. So um, that's why he made it very special because we were the president's special guest and they, I, I couldn't believe it. They had a, sh- a driver for me at the airport uh, with a sign, like an escort. As soon as I like got out of, you know, I got to like a baggage claim, there's a man there with my name and, hey, I'm escorting you to your driver. And I was like, wow, like bizarre. Um, you know, and like this badass Cadillac drives you to the hotel and then there's a concierge waiting for me and he's like, hi, we're expecting you. Like, here's your schedule. And that's already on Thursday, the day of the event. And they really haven't told me much, you know? And I'm like, okay, so what time should I be ready? And they're like, you know, be ready by six, five or six, just make sure you're ready. Um, and we'll give you more directions as soon as we find out more. Um, long story short is that by that time or by 6 p.m., um, the guys, or like before that, like five, he's like, look, by six, just walk to the White House. They booked the JW Marriott almost right in front. Just walk there, call this person when you get there. They'll escort you in. You'll be fine. They'll take your seat, this whole thing. And I was like, wow, okay. Sure enough, we get there and it's like this crazy line, you know, of like all the guests. Um, but us, special guests of the president, we didn't have to make the line. I didn't have to make a line. Like, I had someone come and greet me and, like, take me all the way through, like, the security and the Secret Service and then, like, process my information and then take me all the way to my seat. And then they sit us within, like, the first 10 rows. Like, you couldn't even get, you know, it was incredible. Like, it's insane. I'm sitting around, like, you know, uh, congressmen and senators and like all these different people. Um, and they just made you feel really special. And I think that's like the best part of it. Like it was so surreal because I've been to the white house before for other reasons. Um, but this was really, like I said earlier, a highlight of the American people. So around me, um, I was sitting with other walkaways. We were part of the walkaway, basically people that were Democrats and now support Donald Trump. Um, and then I was sitting around me with other people as well, like the widow of David Dorn. She was sitting like first row and um, the children of this police officer that was shot in New York. I have a post about it two years ago and all her three children were there. So um, just... So interesting, such an amazing time. Everyone's like, no mask. You know, they gave us masks, like souvenirs. And, you know, the only time they said, like, you know, when you go into the buffet, because there was a closed big tent where they had food, you know, like, please wear a mask. You obviously take it off and you get to your table. I said, no problem. Um, But I thought it was so interesting because there was no social distancing. There was no mask. There was no COVID bullshit. 
and this is a white house you know like we're and we're in cl close proximity to a lot of people like a lot of important people like even if it's just like the secret service guy you know what i mean like or like whatever it is so like senators and congresswomen and um nobody cared you know there was very very few people wearing masks um and the president i mean amazing speakers but the president himself he did a 70 minute um what's it called speech right yes. um and it was i've seen trump speak multiple times and it's just his energy like he's such a He's such a dragon, like I call it dragon. <laughs> you know, he's he's such an incredible um, speaker, like an alpha, like somebody that you know you listen to, you want to be engaged the whole time. Like I was obviously on my phone taking videos and posting, but um, just the the family, like everything about that moment was hope. Like I felt hope, I felt faith, I helped, you know, like energized for a future like you know it's been really tough with this whole COVID BS like my business has been impacted my life has been impacted my friends my family um the trips that I had like so many things that were unpredictable and it's it, sometimes you just feel hopeless for the future like holy shit when is this going to end you know mm -hmm. what if it happens again and you know you just kind of like get stuck in the negative mentality but being there and hearing it from our leaders say listen the best is yet to come like we're gonna push through this we're gonna you know you know uh, marxism doesn't belong here communism doesn't belong here etc etc you you feel I'm, I'm all about energies and i always tell people like every time i've been around trump or the White House the last time I went or any of his executive team or whatever it may be, like they're just genuine good people. Not saying everyone is, but at least my experience is that like, you feel like peace and like things are going well. And then through that presentation or through that beautiful moment, I, we start hearing these freaking thugs, like these, like these animals, these wild animals outside because they're making noise, mm. like literally, like wild effing animals. And I'm like, I had forgotten about these people. Like I didn't even think, I, I genuinely didn't. I was so happy, I was so engaged in what was going on and I didn't want to ruin this moment that I forgot that we were going, you know, that we have, have these Marxists trying to take over and these Black Lives Matter bullshit. And then I'm like, what is that? Like loud music and like on a megaphone and like, screaming and howling and like I'm like what is that and then people are just like looking around and we're like oh shit is the protester so like I open yeah. my phone oh, disturbing the peace yeah and I open my phone and I'm like oh my gosh like yes these people are here like what are we gonna do and again like all of us walk there like you saw that like Ron Paul right. like, all of us were staying at the three hotels that like most people were staying either at the mm -hmm. Trump, the JW Marriott, where I was staying or the W hotel. And all of them were walking distance from the white house. So I'm like, what are we going to do? Like these people are outside, you know, how bad is it? So, you know, the presentation was beautiful. You had, um, hilarious. I thought the opera singer was so over the top, but it's Donald Trump. So I didn't expect anything less. Everything he does is over the top. It's who he yeah, is. Yeah. Everything he does is over the top. And like, um, you know, then you have like his, 
the the fireworks which spelled out trump 2020 i'm like oh my god this is so hilarious and like also imagine like the haters outside pissed off and like boom you know like massive fireworks and it literally says trump 2020 um mm. but you highlighted some very important things and we'll get back to the rest of that story in a second yeah. but the just the energy that was given off by the president. It is the exact opposite of what the left puts off. So President Trump is all about hope. The future looks great, guys. We're gonna bounce back from this. Everything's gonna be okay. I got you. We're the American people. Again, highlighting American citizens, not celebrities. But the DNC is the opposite. It's fear, it's hate, it's division. It's, oh, look at who Hollywood's supporting. Look who Cardi B is supporting. Like. It's it literally are two op complete opposite sides of a coin. Yeah. There's not there's no overlap left. No, and they're haters of America. Listen, I'm an immigrant. I wasn't born here, and I can tell you that there has been times in my life, especially when I was a liberal, when I was being fed all this propaganda, where I was like, yeah, this country, you know, mistreats blacks and Hispanics and blah blah blah, and then like. Once I woke up from that ridiculous dream, it's like, you can acknowledge that, you know, of course, America has done bad things, right? As mm -hmm. every other country has. Yeah, of course, we have intervening wars that we shouldn't have. And of course, we had slavery or whatever. Every, by the way, in Colombia, we had slavery too. Like, we can still, still find properties in some of our cities that have shackles in the walls from slavery no i'm serious like i, I yeah, no, south america is i am dead fucking serious like we yeah. still do that like we we have an entire city in cartagena which was one of the biggest ports of slave trade in the continent where you have a lot of history an entire museum dedicated on the era of the inquisition or whatever it was, it was called but anyways mm -hmm. um you know when i when i when i look back and i see all these people complaining about this and this and that i'm like my God, like you guys don't have no idea how bad people have it elsewhere. Like we can certainly work on things, right? But like, you think this country's racist? You think this country treats homosexuals bad? Like you, you think women are oppressed here? Okay, try calling the cops in a South American country when your husband beats you. Like no one's coming. To, they may come and be like, all right, bro, like, they scratch it out. The guy may pay him a hundred dollars, and like no one's your your husband will go back and beat you again for calling the cops and the, like. I was about to say, how dare you call the police? What's wrong yeah. with you? Like, like, and, and, and and like people just don't understand how good we have it here. Like I went to college, and I remember getting a grant for free, free money, free money, because I was a first generation Hispanic. Uh, attendee or whatever you want to call it like I remember getting free money like I would never get that in my home country ever mm -hmm. and people want to talk people want to talk a lot about privilege and you know especially when it comes to white privilege or male privilege and people realize don't realize that here in the United States you have a whole bunch of privileges in comparison to the rest of the world everyone likes to play the comparison game uh, but when you actually look at the overall scope of the United States, people are just finding reasons to complain because they don't have anything better to do. They don't come from that hardship, yeah. per se. And I mean, I'd rather be a poor person in the United States than I would uh, in South America or in any other um, part of the world. And I'm a poor but, person here, you get benefits. Right, exactly. 
and even the poor people have, or pe- people who are in poverty conditions have iPhones even. It's, it's insane. I didn't even have an iPhone. But yeah. um, as I digress, Linda, and I, we want to get back to your RNC story, but I wanted to make a point because you're also known for the, a lot of the anti-mask uh, you know, social club, that, that famous shirt now that you've been producing. Uh, and you've been very vocal about it, especially there in Miami. Uh, now, what was interesting was on the other side, while you were at the DNC, uh, sorry, RNC live, I was there watching it for the BBC. Mm-hmm. And the way that worked was they had a split screen and they said, all right, uh, what do you think about that? And they paused the video and say, all right, what do you think about what the president said? And they brought up the mask part. And it was funny. And I said, well, what do you think about the president having, a, having people wait outside uh, with, with the mask and they're sitting indoors? And people, you know, it was the air and I said, well, listen, it was people's choice to go. And I'm sure that they gave up masks. Some people were wearing it. Uh, no one forced you to go to the RNC. No one forced you to go see the president's speaker to sit there. And I'm sure that there were accommodations for people. I, I'm sure you can help clarify. But I was basically on the side of saying, hey, uh, you know, some like COVID is, is coming to a close, uh, this whole narrative. Uh, you know, we don't deny that there's a virus or some mm-hmm. sort of, you know, uh, thing going around. We don't deny that, right? I know people, myself, friends that have gotten it. I know people that have ended up in the hospital. Um, but to the extent that they said it was going to be, it's a lie. That's a straight up hoax. Right? People think that when we say hoax, it doesn't mean, oh, it doesn't exist. You don't believe the virus exists. No, that's not what I'm telling you. You know, what I'm telling you is that there was a news. My mom screenshotted it to me in Colombia going around saying that Miami ran out of uh, uh, morgues and uh, uh, places to burn bodies. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what? there's nothing going in Miami. Go to a beach. Go to the beach at any given point in Miami. You're going to see it's packed as hell. You know, and I, and, I, and I brought up a point the other day when I said, um, the news says that COVID affects mostly black people, right? African-Americans, they've said mm-hmm. that they are the highest risk. So the racist, the racist virus is a very incredible, an incredibly smart virus, right? Attacks black people and Hispanics the most. Except at Black Lives Matter protests. Right. Never at those. those people, it, it skips it, it knows, and it also goes into hiding. You know what I mean? Like, it's very smart. And so I said to these people, listen, we have had African-American tourists in Miami, which we always do, nonstop. As soon as, even before the beach was open, our beach opened, our beach was delayed because of the stupid George Floyd protests. Our beach opening was supposed to be June 8th or June 3rd or something. It didn't happen until like the following week. And even before that from Memorial Day weekend, we had a lot of our tourists here. We had, we get a lot of black tourists. We just do. And I said to people, I'm like, so you're saying that this is the epicenter of the coronavirus and we have all these tourists coming. They're traveling to planes, Atlanta, Virginia, blah, blah, blah. And they're fine. They're partying. They're in groups. I've seen them going to the beach with like not 10 people, like 20, 30, 40, like beach parties. And all these people are drinking, they're passing around a bottle, they're sharing stuff, you know, and, and, and they're alive. I'm like, how, you know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Because it's not about the truth. It's not about the facts. It's about submission. That's what it is. They want yeah. you to, ex- to live the way that they live. They want you to live in fear and to submit right. to whatever they're going to tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be clear at the RNC, uh, number one, we were outside, which, you know, as you know, you know, outside is a lot less dangerous than inside that's why you know like in miami our restaurants inside were closed until last 
until August 31st. So number one, we were outside where there's more air circulation. And number two, there was an entire table, multiple tables with masks for us to get. And also people brought their masks as well. They're just not masked Nazis. So they weren't harassing us, you know, to, to wear a mask the whole time. And again, we are putting ourselves in danger. Hey, I traveled, I've, I've traveled already twice in the last three weeks. Obviously you have to wear a mask inside of the airplane. I'm fine. <laughs> Nothing's happened to me. I've been around other people. Um, it's deeply exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Right. And well, the whole narrative with the mask, real quick. The whole narrative with the mask is that, oh, yeah, it doesn't protect you. It protects me from you. But right. it, that's so, so now we have to assume that everybody is sick. And if you don't want to wear a mask, then you're a selfish and bad person. So anything yeah. that I do to you because you're not wearing a mask, like yelling at you, harassing you, throwing things at you, is okay because you're a bad person. Which is why I'm a bitch about it. You know what I mean? Like, I am, this is why the way that I am. And like, a lot of people don't understand my logic at first. But then now, months later, they're like, oh, we get it. I'm like, they were never gonna, they were never going to stop at 15 days to flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. It is now until there is a vaccine, we are free. Mm -hmm. so they're gonna let us up the hook then? How are they going to make sure that we get vaccinated? They're going to have to, they're, they're cornering us in. Right. We, we submit to it. Right. To your, to your point, and this is actually, this is coming out recently, recent developments here in New York City, uh, you are now going to be faced with a $50 fine from the MTA if you do not, in fact, wear a mask on uh, their services. So it, whether it be the subway, the bus, the rail, uh, railroads, uh, you're going to be slapped with a $50 fine. Uh, and what's funny is that the NYPD will help enforce this. So, and as we know that. We have uh, that here. We have. We've oh had. my God, that's horrible. Because, that, but that's ridiculous because well, I have, I have asthma. It. They can't enforce it. It's the Americans with Disabilities Act and they can't ask me due to HIPAA laws. So all I have to do what is tell them it? that I'm exempt. And then they, if they find me, I can now sue the MTA. The whole thing is ridiculous. Well, the way that they've been doing it, I mean, I've shown it in my Instagram. I showed multiple videos of cops in Miami handing out $100 fines. Actually, my friend just got one yesterday at Publix, outside of Publix for not wearing a mask, which is why I'm suing. And yesterday we had a hearing. We had our first hearing because the county wanted my case to be dismissed. They didn't even want me to go to trial because they're literally communists. Like... They don't believe in the American system. They don't believe in a fair trial. They believe in, hey, we are a totalitarian state. We tell you wear a mask at all times. And Miami is at all times. The minute you leave that door, they want you to wear a mask. Yeah, I heard Broward County was giving tickets to people who are alone in cars for not wearing a mask. I don't know um, about that. I don't but know about that. Even our, the, the county lawyer yesterday said, you are free to not wear a mask inside of your car and inside of your house. That's insane. I mean, here's what, what another part to that insanity was here in New York City, obviously it's very blue. Now, a lot of the city councilmen and the city government officials here have actually uh, retweeted to defund the police and shown public statements of how they disliked the NYPD. And now they're using the NYPD to enforce these fines. And Evan, with what you were saying, it was the culture of fear. All of this is about the culture of fear. It's the culture of do as we say, not as we do, because we've seen de Blasio and we've seen Cuomo without masks. We've seen um, Comrade 
Pelosi, not wear a mask in the salon. I mean, it's really horrible. It's really, you know, just as Linda's been saying, communist, fascistic. It's yeah, not something it's that's good at all. Mm-hmm. On our hearing yesterday, the county lawyer, who's so cringe, like so cringe, um, he was he was basically saying that our constitution doesn't mean shit when it comes to this. That just like they tell us that we need to wear a helmet to drive a motorcycle, and we need to wear a seatbelt to wear a mot- to drive, and just like cooks, like line cooks have to wear a cap or whatever a hairnet. So their hair doesn't get on the food. They can tell us what to wear in our faces, right? And then the judge, you could tell the judge was trying to be very impartial because he has to, obviously, you know, he's a judge. But you could tell the judge was as equally as confused as annoyed as we were. And at one point he even said, hey, let me stop this and say that if one of you guys thinks I'm leaning more towards the other, like, let me know. Because the judge was like, so you're saying that if a citizen is outside in an empty field by himself, going around, that person has to wear a mask. And then he's like, yes, because otherwise it would be too confusing for people. Like, what? You think we're like mentally like, you know, incapable of, of understanding like yeah like somebody can pop up from behind like what the fuck are you talking about like what do you mean somebody's gonna pop up from me from behind if i'm in a park by myself walking my dog and you could just tell that the judge was like um well the cdc recommends the cdc doesn't mandate so why are you if it's a recommendation it's democratic elitism. They think that they know better than you and they can tell you how to live your life. And they don't yeah. understand how this country is actually supposed to work. Yeah. But we well, have freedom. Weird. We're free to make our own choices. Yeah. My mayor just said yesterday, which is something that I've been telling people for, for years. So he just said yesterday that we will not open up bars and clubs for the vaccine. Sounds familiar. Sounds, familiar. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. And it's like something I've been telling you guys about for a very long time, right? <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's it's very true. I mean, it's no longer conspiracy theory. It's like conspiracy no. truth. No. It's really all the stuff yeah. can be proven. It's just yeah. what's happening. <laughs> right? It's, just, it's, it's just not even a conspiracy. Now. They are very upfront with what they want. They want yeah. control. They want unlimited government spending. Yeah. And they want the people of this country disarmed and docile. And that's just, it's not going to happen. It's not. Right. That's not what the American spirit is. And we have, yeah. we've seen it with and President Trump waking was, everybody up. Right. I wasn't born here. And, you know, sometimes I get like national, like white nationalists or, you know, people on, and uh, you you weren't even born here and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I will embody the American spirit. Okay. I'm not going to fucking go down. I'm not going to let the fucking communists win. I don't care. Okay. I didn't move here so we could be taken over by some fucking little hipsters that just want free shit. No, that's not fucking happening. No. That's a great point. Just because you're not born here doesn't mean that you can't embody the American spirit. And my grandfather was born in Germany. He moved here when he was 13. He fought in World War II. He worked his entire life, raised a family. You know, that's what being American is, about choosing your own path and, you know, freedom. That's what it is. It's freedom. And the left has lost, completely lost sight of that. It's do what I say. If you're not doing what I do, then you're a bad person. Yeah. And when it comes, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, when it comes to your, um, to, to the culture of fear, I really want to know what happened as the RNC was coming to a close and how these 
hipster soy boy radicals were communists or thugs even thugs i think thugs are a good term you know treated you guys i'll, I'll get to it in a second but it's so funny that i was going back and forth with someone who's very young she's like 18 years old she just barely graduated high school and she's a very big ego and she kept saying that uh, she's a libertarian or whatever and she kept saying that 90 percent of these protests are 90% of these protests are peaceful. That's what the media says. 90% of children. I'm like, what the hell are you talking? My mom's car was vandalized here in Miami. My mom's car was vandalized. Not, they didn't steal my mom's car. We saw it in the camera because there's cameras all around my building. We saw it. And we have three people on the field. No, but we have Elijah Schaefer. We have, um, what's the other one? George Ventura. And then there's someone else. And Drew Hernandez. Oh, Drew Hernandez. Yes every single day reporting on the field. So what, these people are making shit up? Are they just like creating videos of like, you know, civil unrest? No, they're not peaceful protests. They started peaceful. Maybe they started that way, but they're not anymore. So what what happened after the RNC is that I was, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was scared. And also I was scared because I'm a hothead. So like, I just wanna throw bows. Like I am, like I would, Get off of my heels and I will fight you. Like, I will physically fight you. I know it doesn't sound cool. I know it's not rational. I know it's not civil. And I know I shouldn't say that. But I, I don't, I do not take shit. Like, you come scream in my face and we're going to get in it. You know what I mean? It's probably the Colombian in me. So I was like, man, I'm scared for two reasons. Number one, because I don't want to get in like a physical confrontation with one of these thugs that like says the wrong thing. And I'm like, let's go. And number two, because I also don't know what the stocks could do to us. There's more of them at this point, you know, if I'm walking alone with like five people than there is of me. So, um, you know, I, I Brandon, Brandon Strock was around me, the founder of um, Walkway and, and a couple other people that I knew. So I was like, hey, we gotta all walk together. Like we can't separate because it's dangerous out there. And so what happened was is we came in through one side white house which let's say was, and then they led us to another side obviously you know the white house is huge so when they let us out of they let us out of one side that you have to walk let's say the little side of here you have to walk around a lot for us to get to the hotel and it was impossible to get ubers or taxis or anything in there because the cops have blocked all the streets because of the protesters so people i heard walk like 90 minutes just to get back to the hotel to the other side of the white house so when i left um, there were a couple of people outside screaming. I have some, some of those videos are still on my page. I made a reel about it. This one girl, this is not your country. This is not your country. Like this, all this stupidity that they scream. I'm like, all right, why don't you try to conquer the country again and see what happens? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> try it. Fuck around and find out. Um, and you know, we had a couple of those people like, screaming there was very little when i first got out because they were on the other side so what happened was where Rand paul and they got attacked was on the side that we came in from which i said was blocked so these people Rand paul and all the people that i got attacked did what i did what saved me right because i was able to get videos of like that girl screaming and some a couple other people what saved me was that i was with the widow of david dorn his two kids um, the three kids of the uh, officer familia, she was shot two years ago in New York City. Um, and I think two more of the people, and then the cops all saw us like talking and like kind of like 
what do we do? Like, whatever. And then they said, we'll take you to your hotel, jump in one of our bands, one of the on-mark bands, <laughs> one of these, you know, stormtrooper bands, um, and we'll take you back. And I was like, thank you, Lord. So the cops actually saved their lives. And then they drove us back to the hotel and we were able to avoid that whole crowd. Obviously, they had to go like make this crazy roundabout to just be able to drop us off at the JW Marriott. Um, but that's the reason why I didn't get all the, the, the other madness on the other side is because the cops got us in a van and took us to a hotel. Hmm. I mean, saying straight up burnt brown shirt tactics. I mean, that's really what it is. It's, it's done throughout history. It was done in the Soviet Union. It was done in Nazi Germany. It's fear and intimidation to press people. But once again, the American spirit, America was founded differently than any other country in the world. We're right. not going to bow to it. We're going to fight back. Right. And the thing about it is that, you know, I was listening to, I posted about this. I listened to a lot of like inspirational videos on like people that are successful. And like one of the people that I've been listening to lately is, um, what's space again? I have this book here. Oh, hold on. Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill has videos from like, I'm not even kidding. These are like black and white videos from like the 1930s. And in his, in his, you know, steps to success and whatnot. He mentions the foundation of America. He mentions America a lot of times. Like he bring, he's not really political, but he's just saying, you know, like master of the minds, which is like when the founding fathers came together and wrote the declaration of independence and the constitution, blah, 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 blah. And then he talks about why America is so unique. It's because we're able to have so many different religions and cultures and backgrounds and be able to accept each other and live cohesively like respecting each other but you know what unites us is the american spirit the american values because not in a lot of countries can i i can go to new york city today and go to little little italy uh little or chinatown korea town like all these different places right and find authentic food and people that look like they're korean or chinese or italian france blah 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 but you won't find that in colombia like mm -hmm. you're not gonna go or greece you're not gonna go to greece and find little america right? <laughs> or little canada you know like only in this country can you can you have so many people like you're jewish you know what i mean like Jewish people are able to live here and yeah we can you know <laughs> Indian, Indian Americans Indian Americans are very successful you know when they when they talk about oh this country um discriminate against against people of color and and, and systematic racism and people of color and not able to make it like I want you to tell me how it is that Indian Americans people are literally brown like I, my mm. best friend is an Indian American he was born here his parents came here with nothing from India and they're very successful They've accumulated their wealth and they have their businesses and they work very, very hard. I want you to tell me how it is that those people were able to make it here, be successful, have businesses, if it's true that this country is discriminates or has some systemic, systemic racism against people of color. Like, I need answers. Because it's all about culture and that, you know, Indian Americans, Korean Americans, Jewish Americans, even, you know, the Irish came a long way. You know, they were hated when they first came here, but they understood that you have to do it generationally. So this concept of white privilege comes from generations of people busting their ass, starting businesses, having no money, yeah. starting a business that they can hand down to their kid, 
The business builds over time. Wealth builds over time. But yeah. everyone wants just to be given, given it, and now we're all at the same level. And it doesn't work that way. It never has. It doesn't work like that in nature. It doesn't work like that anywhere. You know, even sometimes, like, my God, like with this whole COVID thing, I mean, it sounds harsh, but at the end of the day, it's like survival of the fittest. Like the people that are really dying are people that were previously sick or have a shitty immune system. Like if you're telling me that you're a perfectly healthy person, that you are actually healthy. I'm not talking about I'm healthy, but I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and I'm healthy, but I do every once in a while. I, like you're actually healthy. You're not going to die from COVID. You're not. That's why asymptomatic exists, right? The, the whole reason behind all of us being put in the category of sick people and having to wear a mask is because if symptomatic people, oh my God, it, the, these are the most dangerous individuals. They don't know they have it. They have no symptoms. They don't cough. They don't sneeze. They have no, but they are so dangerous because they have no symptoms. No, asymptomatic means that you are so healthy that your immune system is so badass that you don't show any symptoms. And it also shows that this virus is not that as, as dangerous as they make it seem. Yeah, I mean, with no known treatment in the beginning, the death rate, listen, the death numbers are high, but the death rate is the same as the flu. So, well, you know, it's, it's what, twice as many people as the right. flu killed like, last year, but the flu has a vaccine and known treatment. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. So, like, what now? Like, during flu season, we're going to close out clubs, two and bars, and, like, no one goes? We have a flu vaccine. It sucks every year. Like, it has, like, a 29%, like, effective rate or something like that. No long-term effects, because if you're making it, think about it this way, if you're making a vaccine every year, where are your long-term effects? There's none, zero. Not right. me. I, will I mean, I can't really discuss too much on uh, pro, pro or against vaccine because military makes us do it every year. Got to get your vaccine. So I'm in that boat. <laughs> All right, Linda, is there anything else that you would like to share with our viewers regarding, you know, upcoming projects, upcoming, you know, events that you're doing, anything that with your business that you would like to promote? Um, I'm going to be speaking. I got a message before I spoke to you guys. Let me just make sure that I have the rates. Dates right. Dates that. Um, so if you're in the Tampa area, I will be speaking at a walkaway rally on September 19th, which is a Saturday. And because things are so crazy and my friends have been attacked at the past walkways, we're going to have extra security. Um, that's literally part of the text. Like, don't worry, we're going to have extra security so you don't get killed. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so that is, um, I'm going to be doing that. Then in October, I believe it's the first week of October with conservative Latino. We are going to be speaking in here in Florida. I forgot this, the county, but I'll get details once they send them to me. Um, and then if you guys want to support any of my work, um, you know, just follow me at wake up with Linda on Instagram because Twitter banned me. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be starting either a blog series or a podcast soon um, but I am an entrepreneur, so I sell uh, jewelry. A lot of it is faith-based. Uh, I was raised Catholic, but I'm non-denominational. Um, so it's, uh, it's, 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 I pitched to the Hispanic market. It's called El Santo Mercado. It means the holy market. But I sell affordable and, and trendy jewelry for women. 
Um, and then I also have a t-shirt shop at Wake Up Belinda where you can get my anti-mandatory um, face mask shirts, which are very popular and beautiful. And I just came out with a new one called Reject a New Normal. We are rejecting the new normal. They're not going to get us into some sort of new normal, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> no, we're going to get back to the American way of life, living free. Yeah, exactly. We will put the links to all that, guys, in the episode description. Gabe, why don't you tell That's people it. your 30 handles that where they can find you online? Absolutely. Yeah. A little shameless uh, plug for Linda here. I actually bought uh, some jewelry for my family in El Santo Mercado uh, back in for Mother's Day, actually. Very, my, my family is very pleased with it. So really do check it out, guys. Uh, you can find me at uh, Baron Montalvo, Baron.Montalvo on Instagram, Baron underscore Montalvo uh, on Twitter and Facebook, Gabriel E. Montalvo. I'm still on there for now. I've recently been restricted and shadow banned on, on Instagram. So we'll see. And if you support the Hispanic conservative movement, please uh, go check out the Republican National Hispanic Assembly, especially the New York chapter. Uh, we're having an event partner with the New York and Republicans Club here uh, in New York City in Manhattan on September 24th. All of that information is in my bio. Thank you. Guys, make sure you follow us on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives. And make sure that you check out this podcast audio version. If you're watching the video, Empire State Conservatives podcast on all audio platforms. Check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives. And once again, our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com, where we have all of our articles, most of them written by Jeff Moore. There is one written by Gabe. Three. Three written by Gabe. Hopefully some more up there soon. Wink, wink. Um, but, you know, make sure you check that out. Make sure that you support people like Linda. Make sure you support, you know, shamelessly us. Make sure you support things like the Firearms Policy Coalition once again, because without your support, we cannot continue to fight back against leftist oppression. So for that, everyone wash your hands and don't let fear take your freedom. <laughs>